I think one of the most commonly heard and used words in the Johnson household is, why? But it doesn't usually sound like that. It usually sounds like, why? Because I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old at home. And no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter what I am asking them to do, the answer is, why? Can I say that with me? Why? Thanks. See, here's a recent example. So I was getting ready. I was on my way to work. My two-year-old daughter, Ainsley, she stopped and she said, why are you getting dressed? And I'm like, I'm going to work. And she said, why? I said, because that's my job. And she said, why? I was like, well, I believe in what I do. And that's, I get paid and that's how we have things. And she goes, why? And then before I know it, I am explaining like global economics and supply and demand to my two-year-old. See, why is a really powerful question. And it's a natural question. I mean, we start asking why really early on in life. And we want to make sense kind of of the world around us. We want to understand how things work, why things happen. Now, we're in the second week of this series that we're calling Search Engine. And here's the idea. It's kind of like if we could punch in the questions that we have in particular about faith kind of into the search engine, what would come up? And last week we asked the question, why should I believe the Bible? And this week I'm going to ask a why question. And I was kind of thinking, what questions do I commonly ask in my life? And the first one is to ask my kids, what are you doing? That's the first question that I ask. The second question that I ask the most of my life is to my wife, Abby, and I say, where are my keys? That's probably the second most asked question. She always knows, by the way. It's pretty amazing. But I started to think about kind of the bigger questions in my life. I came up with a few questions that I get asked regularly or I ask regularly. Maybe you've had some of these questions before, like why do bad things happen to good people? You ever asked that question? Like why did God allow this to happen? If God is a good God, why would he allow suffering? Why is this happening to me? I said all of those when the Colts lost a couple of weeks ago. I said every single one of those in that week. But also, like really we ask those questions, right? We ask a question like if, if you're a loving God, God, why would you allow evil to happen? Now your question might sound different, it might, it might sound more like, why am I battling depression? Because we don't jump straight to the why, why does God allow the suffering question. We ask questions like, why am I still addicted? I'm trying. Why? Like, why, God, would you allow cancer in somebody that I love? Or why would you have allowed genocide? Or why racism? Or why abuse in my life? Somebody who's supposed to love me didn't in the way that they should have. And why would you allow that to happen? Or why is this pain here and it doesn't go away? Or why confusion? Or why hurt? Or why grief? And people in the Bible ask those types of questions all the time. That's actually one of the reasons I love the Bible, and in particular, the book of Psalms. It's in the first half of the Bible, Old Testament, kind of part one. And the book of Psalms is these poems and songs about God and people and feelings. And here's an example of kind of these why questions that people have been asking a long time. This is a song written by King David, same David and David and Goliath, same guy. This is what he wrote. My God, my God, why? Why have you abandoned me? That word abandoned, another, another translation might say forsaken. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me? Why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? 
Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. You might not have used these exact words, but many of us have said a prayer or sang a song or felt this in our bones in some way or another. Like, why, God? Why are you so far away? You seem so far away. Why questions are common. We feel them like deep in in who we are. And people have been asking the questions for a really long time. And at their core... These why questions, they're kind of similar. Now, we all have different circumstances. We might all be thinking about different needs or different wants or different hurts or different pains, different scenarios in our life. But kind of at the center of the question is, why would God allow this to happen to me? Have you ever asked a question like that? The philosophical question, we we can kind of punch this into the search engine. This is like the fancy question. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's the problem kind of of suffering and pain and hurt in our life. So we're going to look at the answer to this question in a couple of different ways. And since it's a question kind of baked into who we are, we're really going to dig into it a little bit. But Why do bad things happen to good people? So the first answer I'm going to give is a logical answer. It's like with our brain. And I'm just warning you, it is like annoyingly, frustratingly, infuriatingly unsatisfying. Like I'm going to give the answer and you're going to be like, not helpful, dude. That's fine. That's fair. So I'm telling you right now, don't like run out the door. Don't click off like We'll get there, I promise. But why do bad things happen to good people? It's a three-letter word. It rhymes with bin, fin, kin, gin, ooh, sin. Sin. Sin is turning away from God. Sometimes we use kind of terms in church and we don't always define them, so let's define it. Sin is turning away from God. It's breaking his standard, his law, his desire. It's not living up to his standard of holiness, of perfection. So why do bad things happen to good people? Well, sin. And I told you that is not satisfying at all. Like, can you imagine this scenario? Like you're struggling with something. There's something really hard going on. Like in your life, it's it's a struggle. The worst thing that could possibly happen to you. And you're there and you're on your knees in your living room You never do that, right? And you're on your knees and you're living and you're praying and you're like, God, why? God, please. And then somebody comes in and kicks in the door and is like, sin, man, and then leaves. I'd want to punch that dude in the face. Like, this isn't helpful. Even if it's true, it's not particularly helpful. So I don't know about you, but I have things in my life that I ask why. An example would be I struggle with anxiety, It's like an active thing that's in my life. And if somebody came up and said, hey, sin, that's why. Like my sin? Like I did something to deserve this? And those are fair questions. And maybe you're asking some of the same questions. So let's dig in just a little bit deeper. There's a story in the Bible in John chapter 9. And I think it really kind of helps us understand something here. This is a story about Jesus and his followers. So here's the context. Jesus is walking along, and he saw a guy who was blind from birth, and that's important. He'd been blind his entire life. And I bet the blind guy asked the same questions, right? Probably asked, like, why am I blind? 
Why do I feel this way? Like, why would you allow this to happen? Why don't you take this away? Well, the disciples, the people who followed Jesus, they had the same question, actually. So this is John chapter 9, starting in verse 2. Rabbi, teacher, his disciples asked Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Did you catch it? They gave him like two options. They're like, well, it's clearly one of these two. Like it's either because of something that this dude did, so the dude is blind, is because of a mistake that he made, a sin that he committed, or because of something that his parents did. And that was kind of a common belief at the time. So why did this bad thing happen? Because of sin that this guy did, or his parents did. That's what the disciples are thinking. And that's really one specific kind of sin that they're talking about. This is like a personal type of sin that has a consequence kind of in today, in the here and now. This is often what we think about when we talk about life and sin. It's like the cause and effect part of life. So another term for that is personal sin. It's kind of the choices that we make. So personal sin, let's define it. Personal sin impacts things. It impacts our relationships with God. It impacts kind of the way that we interact with ourselves, and it impacts our relationships with other people. So you punch somebody in the face, and you're like, well, why, why did you do that? And there's an immediate cause and effect, right? A reaction in the here and now. We call them natural consequences sometimes in my house. You have a natural consequence? So here, here's kind of a natural consequence in my house that happens all the time. So one of my kids, they are, you have some screen time or whatever, and they don't plug in the iPad, which seems silly, right? And we say, go plug in the iPad. And then they're like, no. And then we're like, no, seriously, you should plug in the iPad. And we're not going to do it for them. We're trying to teach them a lesson, right? We're trying to help them. Like, go plug in the iPad. No, go plug in the iPad. No. Or they just don't, or they continue on. And then at some point in their life, they go to the iPad, and they're like, the iPad's dead. Do you know what they do? Why did this happen to me? We do that sometimes, don't we? Like something happens in our life and there's an actual cause and effect in our life. And then we go, well, why did this happen to me? Why did this financial situation happen to me? Well, it's because of the way that we spent some of our finances. And we don't like that. That's hard for us to accept, but that's kind of that personal sin that we're talking about. And the disciples are saying, okay, someone did something wrong, right? He's blind as a cause and effect, as a consequence. And sometimes that's true. We sin, we make a mistake, we live with the consequences. But check out Jesus' response. This is how he responded. He goes, no. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. What do you mean? Jesus is saying it wasn't because of something that this guy did, and it wasn't because of something that his parents did. He's just blind? Like, that's not okay, right? That's unsatisfying. So you go, well, why is this thing happening in my life? Why am I struggling with this thing? Why are we in the middle of a global pandemic entering year three? It's not necessarily because of personal sin, because there's a different type of sin. Let's call it global sin. What's global sin? Well, global sin impacts the world, the way kind of things are put together, the way things work, and it allows suffering. It's just sin being in the world. A theological term, fancy theological term might be original sin or fallen world. So really the point of global sin is just human suffering 
exists, like it's a part of our life. Bad things happen. And all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve, God gives people a choice. He gives them something called free will. He gives them an opportunity to choose right. And to choose right, he also has to give them the opportunity to choose wrong. So Adam and Eve sinned. And as a side note here, as a guy named Adam, come on, man. Like, they couldn't have named him Alan or Andy or any of these other things. I have two jokes that I hear all the time in my life, and one is about Adam and Eve. Well, where's your wife? Is her name Eve? And then the other one is like, thanks a lot for the first sin, man. Like, geez, back off. Glad to get that off my chest. But sin came into the world. That's really the point. This happened. Sin came into the world. They used their choice, made the wrong decision, and everything changed. The ground was cursed. Human relationships became strained. This is where pain and childbirth happen. So you can thank Adam and Eve. Not me, Adam and Eve. Pain, hurt, death, fear, all that stuff was wrapped up into sin. And sin opened the door for all kinds of suffering throughout all of creation. And that's the logical answer to the question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Sin. Sometimes personal sin, a consequence for a mistake, sometimes global sin, because we live in a fallen world that includes disease and disaster and despair and deceit. How's everybody feeling? Like that answer? I don't like that answer. This answer isn't helpful to me. Like, this is, I think, maybe how my daughter Ainsley felt after I explained global economics to her. She'd be like, I just wanted to know why you're leaving. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. This answer does nothing for me. And I think the reason is because it's the logical answer, not the emotional answer. So let's put the question back up. Why do bad things happen to good people? See, this is inherently not a logical question, even though we position it like that. We're approaching it kind of philosophically. But the reality is, this is an emotional one, right? We don't ask this question just for funsies. We ask it because we feel it. It feels like it shouldn't be the case. So why do we ask the question? Because we don't know what to do when life feels bad. We just don't know what to do. We don't know how to make sense of it. We don't know how to process it. And we ask questions like, why is this happening in my life right now? And we say things like, I'm doing my best, God. I try to be kind. I try to live right. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. Like, why is this okay for it to be going on in my life? Now, by God's standards, when we were talking about that with sin, if we fall short at all, if we sin at all, we, we don't measure up to a standard. So I know that that kind of rains on our parade when we look at a question like this. We're like, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Because we're all like, well, I'm a good person. They might not be a good person. I mean, check out this guy. But I'm a good person. But the reality is the question should really be, why do bad things happen to bad people? Because we all probably fall into that category somewhere or another. That's also incredibly unsatisfying, isn't it? We're like, well, I don't like that. Like this guy, get him out of here. When we feel something bad, hurt, pain, suffering in our life, just like a child asking a parent, we ask, why is this okay? Like, why is, why is this happening? And we ask God, and the logical response is sin, fallen world. And the emotional response is a little different. So another disclaimer. 
Their emotional answer to this question isn't satisfying either, not nearly as much as we want it to be. Nothing we talk about today, like in the, in the sense of these two answers, logical or emotional, you're going to be like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with feeling that way now. I'm okay with slavery having happened. I'm okay with anxiety in my life. Like, we're not going to get there, at least in these answers. But check out what Jesus said to the disciples. Remember, they, they asked, this guy is blind, right? Because of his sin or his parents' sin. And Jesus is like, no. And here's what he said next. This is what he said. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. So the logical answer to why do bad things happen is sin. And another kind of the emotional answer to the question is what Jesus says right here. Sometimes things happen in a way that cause us to rely on God. So God uses or allows hurts or pains or suffering in a way that causes us to see his power. In this story, the guy was blind so Jesus could heal him. And we have things in our life, we have things in our world, and we go, why would you allow this to happen? And what we're really saying is if you loved me, why would you allow this to happen? Or if you loved the world, why would you allow this to happen? Because God's answer is, I love you, and I am in whatever bad thing is happening in your life. Not that he's causing it all, but that he loves us in it, through it. God knows exactly what was going on in this guy's life. He knew exactly that there was going to be this moment that Jesus came along and would heal him. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He still does and he still cares. And sometimes bad things happen, pain happens, hurts happen because of sin. And sometimes pain comes because we need the reminder that God is God and we are not. One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and he kind of says it like this in a book that dealt with this question, the problem of pain. This is what he said. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Now, I've said before that anxiety is a part of my life. Maybe you've heard me talk about it, maybe you haven't. Let's just do a fun little thought exercise. And anytime I say fun little thought exercise, it's not fun, but still. Answer this question. It's wherever you're at. Why would God allow anxiety in my life? I actually think about it. Like, why? We're answering why questions today. Why would God allow anxiety to happen in my life? Is it because of my sin? Is it because I'm a bad person? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I do sin. I do make mistakes. What's the joke? I make mistakes. Ask my wife. You know, like, it's a real thing. But maybe, just maybe, and I don't know the entire answer to this question. I've asked. I don't know the entire answer. But maybe I think it's likely that God has allowed anxiety to be part of my life because nothing in my life has pushed me to rely on God more than anxiety. Nothing in my life has helped me grow more. Nothing in my life forces me to surrender and to trust God more. And here's the amazing thing. 
that comes along with something that's so hard and difficult, at least in my life. The amazing thing is I get to stand on a stage like this or I get to sit in a room and I cannot count how many conversations that I have had about hurts or about pain or about anxiety or about depression. I get to stand up here and say, I know it hurts. I know it's hard. I know that bad things happen sometimes to people who are trying their best. I get to stand up here and say, I understand all of that because I feel all of that and I don't completely understand what God is doing, but I know that he loves me. And I know that he loves you. And I know that there is hope. And maybe, just maybe, that's why. But I don't want it. Still. Let's recap. Why do bad things happen? Well, bad things happen because of sin. Unsatisfying answer. And bad things happen so we rely on God. Slightly less, but still unsatisfying answer. These aren't warm and fuzzy answers. I mean, I warned you because we're thinking, okay, so door number one is sin. Door number two is so we can rely on God. Uh, Door number three, Alex. Like, that's what I would like. And the great thing is these answers to these why questions, they actually aren't the most important thing. They feel like the most important thing. But the answer to the question sometimes points us to something else that really helps us kind of engage our world and fundamentally change the way that we kind of look at life. Bad things happen in our lives. Pain is a part of our lives. Sometimes through free will, sin happens, personal or global sin. Sometimes God is using difficult stuff in our lives to do something we can't see. We don't understand, so we rely on him. But no matter what bad thing is happening in your life, here's the part of the question that matters. Because no matter what the answer to the question is, kind of like sin, relying on God, something else, here's kind of the amazing second part of this answer. So whether the answer is sin or relying on God, check this out. Because even in the bad things in our lives, God is still good. This is the truth that matters. When we ask the why question and we're seeking out the truth and then we get the truth and we're like, that's not particularly helpful. This is the hope behind the question. And we go, why, God, do bad things happen? Well, we answered it. Nobody liked it. I saw it in your eyes. Nobody liked it. But in the bad thing, God is still good. So what's the worst thing going on in your life right now? I know it's hard. I know you feel it in your head, in your heart, and in your bones. I know the worst thing going on in your life impacts everything else. The worst thing could be all sorts of different things. I mean, what is it for you? Is it something like it is for me? Is it anxiety or, or depression or mental illness or mental health? Maybe it's loneliness or relationship stuff. Is it financial stress? Is it work stress? Is it a family situation that's fallen apart? Is it that your health is fleeting? You got the diagnosis and you're like, no, I don't want that illness or that disease to be a part of my everyday worry. Or is it abuse that's happening or still happening or you're scared will happen or has happened? Is it an addiction? Is it anger? See, that list, I could just go on and on and on. There's no end to that list. And if we just look at the list, it seems a little hopeless. But no matter what is on your list, right smack dab in the middle of the worst thing going on in your life, God is still good. 
This is 1 Peter 5.10. This is how he says it. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered, that's a perspective right there. It doesn't say if you suffered. After you have suffered a little while, he will restore, he will support and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. So bad things happen. The worst thing is happening in your life. I wish I could say, oh, it just goes away. I do know the creator of the universe is kind. I knew the creator of the universe loved you and is full of love for you, but that doesn't mean that he always removes the pain or he always removes the suffering. I think we can probably all attest to that. He can do that. He has done that. He is able to do that. But I want to be clear, the hope of following Jesus or being a Christ follower, that doesn't mean that you'll never have bad things happen ever again. No, what it means is that in the middle of our life and the bad thing happening, we have Jesus. That's the hope. And if there's anybody who could say, why do bad things happen to good people? It's Jesus. So let's answer it from his perspective. Why in the world would Jesus get up on the cross in our place? I mean, personal, global sin, all of that. Why would he do that? Why would he suffer? Why would the bad thing happen to the only person who could say that he is good? Why do bad things happen to good people? Here's the satisfying answer. A bad thing happened to the only good person so we could have heaven. That's it. That's the answer. Even in the bad things, God is good. Even in the worst thing, he is still loving. Even in the thing we don't know how to navigate, he is still kind. And for us, Jesus, even in the worst thing, he brought hope. Hope that Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross actually does what Peter called it. Let's put that verse back up. What did he call it? Eternal glory. That's heaven. It's no more pain. It's no more death. It's door number three. It's no more tears. It's no more suffering. It's none of the bad stuff. Now, that doesn't happen today. It's the hope for the future. And don't miss the point. See, our suffering isn't the end of the story. Look at this verse, and you see the end of the story. See, if you suffered for a little while, I know that that's hard perspective. When we're in it, we're like, this is a little while? But it is when you compare it to eternal glory, you've suffered for a little while, and then what happens? He restores, he supports, he strengthens. He will place you on a firm foundation that will never crack, that will never leave. It is there forever. See, that's the hope in this question. And I believe even in the bad things going on in your life, we get to experience just a glimpse, just a glimmer of that even yet today. Because this is what sets this question apart for any other faith, any other kind of answer. Because not only do we have the hope of heaven, which is significant, we have the hope of heaven, but we also have access to the Holy Spirit, God himself. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our hearts, in our pain, in our suffering. How can we have hope and navigate it? It's because God is not just viewing it and going, I have a plan for you. He's in it 
with us. We're not abandoned. We're not forsaken, like David said. We are loved. We are provided for. We are cared for. We are known. And that's the point. The point is bad things happen caused by sin, allowed by God so we would rely on them. But either way, we have strength. We have peace because of Jesus. So I don't know what the worst thing is going on in your life. No, we all have hard things going on in our life. And I know that we have a choice. We can ask why, and he understands us asking why. But in the midst of us asking why, we can rely on God. Because even in the bad things in our lives, God is still good. A bad thing happened to the only good person so that we could have hope and joy and peace and heaven today and eternally. And that's the satisfying answer. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, in the middle of asking questions like that, I'm just so thankful today that you hear us, that, you, that we have access to you. And I know I ask this question, God, why? Why this? Why now? Or why not yet? And in the middle of our why, I am so thankful that you give us hope that we can't come up with ourselves and peace that we can't come up with ourselves, that if we place our trust in you, if we focus on you, if we follow you, that you will provide, you do provide, and that you promise hope and heaven. And even though we don't always feel it in the way we want to today, I'm so thankful that a bad thing happened to a good person. And I'm thankful that even though I don't measure up, that you love me so much that you sent Jesus. And as we go throughout our week, help us live with that hope. Help us just rely on you, surrender to you, give it to you, because even in that circumstance, even in the hard, painful, suffering, hurt, that we experience, we know that you're good. We know that you love us. We know that you provide. And that you're there in us and with us. Help us rely on you. Help us remember we are not forgotten. That we are not alone. That we're not forsaken. Not even for a little bit. That we are with you. Because you are with us. And thank you for your love. Thank you for being a good God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.